ain't no money in poetry That's what sets a poet free I've had all the freedom I can stand You got your cold dog soup and rainbow pie All it takes to get me by Fool my belly till the day I die Cold dog soup and rainbow pie Well, my friend, cat is away, and tonight the mice will play. <laughs> exactly. You know what? I, I want to go ahead and throw this out there. Can we rename this this podcast to the Eminem Show? I am one hundred percent down for Cold Dog Soup presents the Eminem Show because, folks, <laughs> all you got are M's. That's you right. got the mats. And this bitch, Hankins and Creel, are the only two here for the first time ever, Creel. It's just me and you. Yeah, this is awkward and somewhat it, satisfying, just like a bag of M&Ms. Go, it could go a lot of different ways. Like, Sean is the way that we know each other. I was friends with Sean. Mm-hmm. Creel was friends with Sean independently. And we all came together to form the super group that you've all fallen in love with. But this is the first time that the straw that hasn't stirred the drink um, has not been here. And, and for e. that, you know, Creel... Um, for that very purpose, I have made some selections tonight. Oh for yes, our poems. these will grind his gears. But I do want to let our listeners know that uh, Sean isn't here because he's attending a poetry workshop. He's got yes. his little black book and he's shopping yes. ideas, throwing concepts yes. out. Uh, he's going to come back better than ever after this workshop. Yeah. So all of our Patreon people, we thank you. But and Sean is using those funds to great success. To, to better himself. You know, he mm-hmm. called me the, the other day and said, you know, I, I think that they're going to ask me to, to be the keynote speaker. Oh, that is what, how much he thinks of himself. <laughs> I said, they're not going to ask you to do anything. They might ask you to plug in a speaker or oh, maybe yeah. move mm-hmm. back so somebody can hear better through a speaker. But no, you're not going to be asked to do anything. And a matter of fact, if you recite any of your poetry, they're going to kick you out of there. So your best bet is to just keep a tight lip. Mm-hmm. Keep that notebook going. Keep that writing hand rolling. But we're going to feature heavy, my friend Creel tonight, because uh, there is a word that Creel says, or that Creel, the way that Creel pronounces a certain word, drives Sean insane. I promise you, folks, this is not a bit for the radio. No, it's not. I cannot tell the difference in how Creel says it versus how I say it versus how anyone else says it. But, Krill, please tell the people what that word is. All right. I feel like we're on an episode of Password, the game show. <laughs> the, the word is clenched. It's clinch. I, I think clinch. we say it exactly the same. Clinch. I've had this argument, um, not an argument, but this discussion with people. As you people hear, I have a very pronounced Southern drawl. And... The word for the thing that you write with that is blue or black, the word for a place where you would keep, you know, pigs or other uh, Mm -hmm. small barnyard animals, and the word for a thing that you stick into a poster to hold it to a wall are all the same for me. It's pen. (laughs) Yeah, that that sounds normal to me. And I think this word clenched, uh, it doesn't bother me the way I say it. But you know what grinds my gears, and I think it's what it's grinds one your of, gears, buddy. It's something Sean says, and I guess maybe we can turn the tables on me. Yeah. But what what do you put on your pancakes and or waffles? 
Creel, so funny. I was in this discussion just the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just if I'm not thinking about it, I mm-hmm. put on syrup. Exactly. That's the way to. That's the way to say it. That's the good Southern way to say it. But Sean in his New Jersey carpet bag and oh, ways. Oh, that Yankee bastard! You, you go to Waffle House with this guy, and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna have some waffles and some syrup." Ew. Where's the syrup? And then, like, li- literally, when he says it, the the jukebox stops playing. The, <laughs> the dishwasher drops drops all the dishes. <laughs> A dog like looks from outside and he goes. Arr! Because the way he says it definitely should not fly anywhere, much less That's anywhere wrong. below the Mason-Dixon line. That's wrong. That is a blue-bellied devil mm-hmm. who thinks who thinks his cornbread ought to be sweet and yes. his tea shouldn't. Ugh, That's who that gross. guy is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so as I was, I had I just knew that I wanted to do something around that word, and so that got me thinking. What can I find? And you're going to find some things through these poems that are. That are thematically the same, but mm-hmm, I did mm-hmm. discover that apparently, in the wayback times, there was a writer for the New Yorker who wrote oh. poems. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this uh, this thing I was trying to find New Yorker New Yorker articles online is next to impossible. Mm-hmm, um, okay, but and I was getting close, and then every time I need to click on a page to like blow it up and see it. Couldn't do it. But the, the author's name is Clinch Calkins. What? <laughs> is it short for yeah. something like Clinchable? I think it is. Um, <laughs> I think it was a nickname. I think it's like William Clinch Calkins or something to that effect. I'm seeing if I can wow. find that now. But I was going down a, a big Clinch Calkins hole today trying to find poems for this thing. Um, but I really couldn't, I couldn't get into a whole lot of them. They're kind of heavy anyways and... I did find this little excerpt from something called, um, is it Pe- People Who Don't Work, I believe is the name of the <laughs> work. Um, and it goes, poor naked wretches, whosoever you are, that bide the pelting of pitches storm, how shall your houseless heads and unfed sides, your looped and windowed raggedness defend you from seasons such as thee? Oh, I have taken too little care of this. Take physic, pomp, expose thyself to feel that wretches feel, that thou mayst shake the superflux to them and show the heavens more just. I have no fucking clue what any of that's about, Chris. I don't know, but I would take on any of those words. <laughs> I would say that I sort of enjoy the way. I, now, no, I guess maybe this is a double-edged sword because I think I'm going to say two things that are contradictory of of each other. I liked what you did. But it also reminded me of how much I dislike Shakespeare because you had yeah. a lot of thous and and yeah. thighs and that, which I don't like. But maybe just your spin on it made it more enjoyable, digestible. Like it sounded like Faulkner or something to me. So it's just general cheating, is what I mm-hmm. feel it is. When you, I don't know. Maybe we're just dumber. I'm Possibly. here to believe that maybe we're dumber, um, or. The fact that these came from the New Yorker, they've always written in a way that I can't understand a damn thing they're saying. And Krill, we're pretty smart dudes. We're not dumb dummies who are dumb. Right. The M and M's are are got all A's. <laughs> Whenever we were in the report we cards, did. they're yes. We're, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we're the honor roll boys. Exactly. Um, but let's tear into it. Um, and if you don't mind, Krill, I would oh. like for you to read all these poems sure. because you get to say that word and annoy Sean. Yes, that is Love what it. I would like to have happen. 
All right, so our so we're going to go from left to right. Sure, left to right. And I'll kind of interject a little uh, storyline as we go. So the first poem is written by Anonymous, and the title is Clenched Fists. (laughs) Clenched Fists, reliving whispered kisses of yesterday, itchy dry grass chafing skin, veins of love. Mmm. Securing myself to moonlit memories when your heart beating on mine, heart Mm -hmm. to art, resisting the reality of drunk drivers and smashed skulls. This took a turn. Clenching rainbow beads, a grade school present meaning hope, grasping straws. I I think that's the real sensual poem. You think? (laughs) Oh. I didn't. I didn't get that at all. Let me hear your analysis right. of it because so, I have something different. This is great. Um, so the first thing I got: the, the kisses of yesterday, okay. clenched fists, re- re- reliving kisses of yesterday. That, while I don't think is a reference to masturbation, certainly could be. Oh, so <laughs> clenched fists. Reliving whispered kisses of yesterday, itchy dry grass, itchy, dry chafing, grass chafing skin, s- veins like, of love. All, wow, I can't believe I missed that. We've all been like the chafing of the skin. I mean, mm-hmm. that's clear. Or if you wanna, if you wanna make it a little more beautiful, we've all been kids before, and we don't have anywhere to go. We can't rent hotels, right. so we're just in the bushes. Fucking like dogs. <laughs> See, now that is definitely. I think that that's in the T, and I can't believe I missed it. That's a rare miss for believe, me to not well, pick up what? on the, the, the text about, in the subtext. You're, you're thinking about the pronunciation of that word. I can get it. I get it. It threw you off. We warned Sean that this was going to be the most sensual episode that we've had. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you know, securing myself to moonlight memories wasn't. Moonlight and Memories, the name of the cabin we stayed in. <laughs> yeah, it was. So this is very creepy. Someone it was is. like spying this, on us or something. I think Sean might have written this poem about <laughs> fantasizing about raping both of us, is what I think. Uh, I think so happened. too. Anonymous much? Mm-hmm. Um your heart beating on mine, heart to heart. That's just, you know, standard standard love poetry stuff. But then resisting the reality of drunk drivers and smashed skulls. Well, I don't get that at all. The only thing that I could think of is like, you know, you're too drunk to drive, um, okay, and you should be going home, but you're not. So you're gonna stay here and you're gonna bone in the yard. <laughs> oh, so you think that they're they went to a party or or something uh-huh. like that, and obviously they're being responsible, but maybe not too responsible. Responsible enough not to be on the road, but maybe irresponsible with the relationship you know relating to one another yeah and then you know clinching rainbow beads a grade school present meaning hope graduate no clue i have no clue um i'm not gonna make an anal beads joke because i think we're above that oh definitely but (laughs) but i have no 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 clue what they might be getting after yeah I, i like your interpretation of it mine was uh i guess somewhat similar but it definitely didn't go down the uh the risque road because i i saw this this poem is is three different stanzas um and i think i thought it was just three stages of a relationship i thought this poem was written by an old person looking back you make me complete you make me completely miserable 
Violet. Yeah, essentially, <laughs> essentially, because the first stanza is kind of like, uh, you know, we're newlyweds. We're reliving whispered kisses of yesterday. You know, we were dating. We were having a picnic on the grass. Our skin was yeah. chafing, and we were in love. Then the second stanza is, uh, you know, maybe a little bit further down the road, you know, we we like to hang out during the moonlight. We have some moonlight memories, heart to heart. We have this connection. Although the the line resisting the reality of drunk drivers and smashed skulls, I I still don't know how that fits in with with anything, much less my three stages of the relationship. And did, the third did one, this person did this person maybe did the person maybe die? Like they, no, did the lover die of, of, because, of a drunk driver? Because maybe the the rainbow beads are like. Uh, like at a Catholic funeral, sometimes the the person is buried with rosary beads. You know, the corpse is clenching well, rainbow beads. It, it a says present, now, that I'm, maybe, now that I'm reading this for the ninth time, it's mm-hmm. a grade school present, meaning this person gave one person gave the other person these rainbow beads in grade school. Is this person now at the hospital? Right. It could be like clutching a clutching know, these beads. Spoiler spoiler alert for Up, but have you ever seen the movie Up? <laughs> because in the first like five minutes, it kind of goes through these three stages of, you know, they meet as little kids, and then they go out on a picnic, which happens here, and then mm-hmm. sadly there is a baby accident, which is the possibly the the smash skull, and mm-hmm. then in the third one, you know, the sadly the lady has a has a fall, and they're at the hospital together, and they're remembering all the good times they had and then they the house grade flies school. away yeah mm-hmm. this this could have been the precursor the first draft of up this is the treatment disney pixar's up, up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because clenched fists like when you're holding on to a balloon man you have got to have a clenched fist on that balloon I'm, or it's gonna fly i'm ready off. to call it I'm ready to call it, Creel. We have yeah. un- we have uncovered. <laughs> <laughs> you know, man, I got this poem. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Maybe you should write a movie about an old man and an old woman called Up. Sounds Done. good to me, Brosif. Where do I sign? <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah, Mr. Weinstein. I'm going to take my pants off. <laughs> but All right. It, I think we moved through that yeah. one pretty good. What were you thinking originally on your last stanza? Well, just, just it was just another stage in the relationship. Like, he was thinking even further back to when they were kids and maybe they first met. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were doing an art project or a Valentine's Day or something. He didn't have the money to buy a gift. So he, uh, you know, he got some beads or pebbles on the ground and, and made a bracelet <sighs> or something. So and, that's uh, just kind of maybe. Say, as a poem... We've made it much better by just talking about it because on the page itself, it's jibber jabber. It is the structure of it. It, like I said, it's three stanzas, uh, but it's the lines don't flow together. There's no Mm-mm. punctuation. They Nothing just start rhymes. and end wherever they want. Sometimes it ends on a verb. Sometimes it starts on a noun, and vice versa. It's just very clunky the structure of it. So, and we didn't clinch a damn thing in the second stanza. Yeah, you're right. We start out with clenching our fists, and then at the end, we're clenching those rainbow beads. Hmm. But nothing in the next stanza. Ridiculous. All right. We're on a roll here, Chris. We'll do, we're doing it, man. We, we are, are doing it. We're finally strong enough to get Sean off this podcast. Wait, no. I'll, I'll edit that part out. <laughs> Please <laughs> continue on with our next one. All right. Poem number two. 
written by Anonymous, is titled Through Clenched Fists, Parenthetical Sad, End Parenthetical, Poem by Poet of the River. I already hate it. (laughs) I dream a world of excavation. Into it, my mind is taken through the horrors of my past. I lie calmly in bed, yet my heart beats fast. Tugging. I look into the eyes and my fear is fed. Why am I so forsaken? For in these dreams my sanity is taken. I awaken to my hands all red, soaked through the sheets and into the bed. My hands ache. I have made a mistake. And my dreams will never let me forget. Wow. Like, I think now since you gave the first interpretation of some sort of uh, tugging situation, Uh that's all I can read. That's when I was reading Uh that this time, that's all I could think about was just somebody tugging it away in bed. And then there's too much at the end. And they're like, oh, I got to hide these sheets. There's a mistake. I've made a mistake. It's in the text. I've made a terrible mistake. Yes, I, I've, I have tugged myself bloody, uh, raw hands, bloody bones, like the old the old monster of the deep of nursery rhyme lore. <laughs> well, the interesting uh, thing I kind of wanted to we can I guess discuss it here is the sort of topic of clinching, which is so rigid and it make doesn't it doesn't really connotate anything great, but no. I think the the opposite feeling of that is the release. Yes. So I think I think it would be better for these poems, and I know we have one more to go. If they sort of talked about clinching and then the opposite feeling of release, I think that if they explored both images, I think there'd be more here for both of these situations. Because right now there's just there's just too much like animosities, too much angst without that opposite feeling for it to play off of. You got to release it, baby. You got to release it. You got to have a release. (laughs) But in this case, you hope it's not a bloody mess. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's happening here. They must be doing it wrong or for the first time or using sandpaper. (laughs) I don't know. Because I don't, like, I don't, the other, the only other interpretation of that is they, they, how the fuck do you wake up with red hands if you're dreaming about a murder? Unless, of course, you're fighting Freddy Krueger. I don't. Well, maybe this is the treatment for Nightmare on Elm Street. It could be because I, <laughs> the, it could be a dream warrior situation where it's so intense. <laughs> I mean, we, we've had nightmares where, like, literally, like you wake up with a pang and like your palms Absolutely. are sweaty. There's vomit Absolutely. on your sweater already and whatnot. Uh, mom spaghetti you're yes. just eating mom spaghetti <laughs> and you know your sheets, show. <laughs> your sheets are soaked through the bone like with sweat which is what happens in this poem but i mean i, I wrote under this obviously I, I didn't read this in with hankin's suggestion that it's you know a master masturbatory allegory i just wrote underneath this what happened and you're what right, was the that mistake was my first my first takeaway was, was what the never fuck had here? any idea of what's going on but other than this person, I think obviously the maybe one way to read this is the author in this poem has a lot of stuff going on in the real world, and they try to mm-hmm. escape to the dream world, you know, as a, you know, just to get me mm-hmm. out of this this hell I'm living in. But maybe the dreams are so much worse than the real world that 
And that's why they wake up with this, their hands have just clenched the bed. And, you know, that's why when they wake up, there's just blood everywhere. They've clenched their fists so hard that their nails have dug into their hands. They wake up yeah. with stigmata every morning. Their dreams are played by children singing, one, two, Freddy's coming for you. It never stops. Um, there's that weird, that, that weird ding, 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 ding. Oh, gosh. That just constantly keeps happening. Everything's in the damn boiler room. Yes, um, yes. And they can't get over how cool that guy's sweater is. I mean, it's a cool sweater when you get right down to it. And how does he keep that damn hat so sharp with all I the murder? With all the, like, he, he got burned alive, too. Like, you wouldn't think a hat <laughs> could fit on his like, misshapen head like that. Let's, let's just take a minute. Since this clearly is the treatment for the Wes Craven's original treatment for Nightmare mm-hmm, on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Like, the story of Freddy Krueger, right? So, clearly, bad dude. Pedophile. Child yes, molester. Correct. Um... I don't know if there was a trial, but clearly, I don't know if they got that far, but the people, the neighborhood had had enough Mm -hmm. and they banded together and they burned him alive. They definitely had enough. Cool. That's not, that's not wrong. I'm going to say to burn down a pedophile's house. Um, Not legal, certainly, but I understand the motivation for it. But here's the question I want to ask you, Krill. Mm Mm-hmm. If you are a loathsome, murdering pedophile who is burned alive, sure. do you have the right to claim vengeance? Uh, this is where it gets a little bit weird because I don't necessarily believe in eye for an eye or the death penalty. <laughs> as, so this- as a legal... As a legal mind, certainly vigilante justice is something that you you can't be on board with. <laughs> but I think your underlying question is: Does Freddie have beef? And the yes, answer is a resounding: He definitely has some beef. But at, at at best, to get back, he should he should. I think his vengeance is limited to one murder and five arsons. <laughs> no more, no less. Again, similar to a priest at confession, you have given him <laughs> his proper penance. Well, what you about are you? Allowed, what, Freddy. What, you think he, he his beef is deserved, or his beef should be quashed? I gotta say, if I've lived my life as a loathsome, murdering pedophile, I can't be surprised when the village rises up to smite me. Of course. Um. So I think that he would have been more justified in, if you, you're burning alive, right? Whatever uh, mysticism happens to give you the eternal powers of dream walking, mm-hmm. whatever goes down in that moment, when you realize at the time of your death, you were wearing a great sweater that survived mm-hmm. with you into the afterlife and a cool hat that you were wearing around the house. Your first instinct should not be, how do I make a knife glove and terrorize the people? Why don't you just spend your time... All right, I'm going to... I'm just saying, Creel. If you're in a dream state, yeah. you pretty much can do whatever you want to. Why does murder the way you go? Why not just hang out with whomever you want to hang out with? Yeah, it seems like he has an awful lot of power. He could be using the dream sort of weaving that he does hopping in and out for good to warn people or to teach people a lesson or, 
you know, because even he, if you want to he, be an eternal dick, I don't see the murdering angle coming into it. Well, he does. He does kill people who sort of have problems. You know, so, there's teenage sex yeah. and drugs or abuse. So sometimes the people yeah. have it coming, but then sometimes they don't. Like some, I remember one he just like killed a fat girl just because she was fat. Like he made her yes, eat or something. He was, yes, he did an eternal asshole. And but the other thing is, why not just kill the people who burned you alive and call it a day? Well, are they are they the descendants of Freddy? It's been a while well, since I've, the, I've seen it's, the. It's, uh, it's spring. I guess, is did he spring? live on Elm Street, or, or what? We're going to say, for the purposes of not dragging this out too long, that the town is called Spring Lake. It's something to that. I think it's spring and something, but I'm going to call it Spring Lake for the purposes of this. So he only kills in this town. He was mm-hmm. not like Jason Voorhees, who would venture out to Manhattan. Like to outer space. and yes. Or to space, mm-hmm. or to hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Freddy stayed localized, <laughs> except for the one time that he did tussle with Jason, and they dragged him to Crystal Lake. Um, so he would kill in that town, so yes, he was essentially just killing the kids of that town, but only the hot ones generally, or the ones that were easily picked on. So yeah. I'm going to say, more so than being loathsome, murdering pedophile, Freddy Krueger was just an asshole. Which is weird because you think that, I don't know how he got his power, but whatever sort of entity or why the universe gave it to him is just a weird turn. I don't know. Because it's not a child's play scenario where Charles Lee mm-hmm. Ray gets shot in a toy store right, and then right. uh, gives the, the power, voodoo. I beg of you, mm-hmm. does a voodoo thing. We understand mm-hmm. that. Jason Voorhees, uh, happy Mother's Day, Mrs. Voorhees. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Voorhees. Um, is resurrected through his mother's rage and sacrifice, and then several other times by other weird means. Dog piss, lightning, lightning. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, just random shovel. Um, any of that could bring him back. But Kruger just gets his power, and we find out at the end of Jason Goes to Hell that Kruger was at some point in hell because he comes up and gets the mask. <laughs> and I think this is interesting because... The title of this poem is called Through Clenched Fists. Parenthetical, sad, in parenthetical. Can Freddy with that claw clench a fist, or is it impossible? I don't think he can. Like, I've put bugles on my fingers before, you know, the corn chip. And, <laughs> yes. And, and I don't think you can. Witch. Exactly. And I don't think you can clench your fists. And I think, I think the through clenched fists. Comma sad is what happens to Freddy because he can't clench he that can't fist, clench thus it fist. makes him sad. That's why his that's hands why are red. Exactly. And that's why the red hands, he clenches his fist. My to hands the night, ache. Of, why am I so oh forsaken? Oh my God. These and he are tries the to, dreams mm-hmm. of Freddy Krueger mm-hmm. who's dreaming about being back amongst the land of the living. Exactly. Um, about about being a defensive coordinator at the University of <laughs> Penn State or Penn State mm-hmm. University, Penn right. Um, be, been transferring to Michigan State. This is Michigan what he's right. dreaming about, and he's so upset when he wakes up in the dream uh-huh. world from the real world. He's so angry. He's drove his own knives. Into his fist, Creel, we are fucking geniuses. This is all coming together very swimmingly. I, you know, can you imagine in our previous uh, encyclopedia of episodes, our, our huge pantheon of work, if we didn't have Sean derailing us, Just what we break, really could have the nuggets? Yeah. Oh my god, we've we had two. Been figuring this shit out. Probably the best been... analysis we've ever done. 
Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. This is just amazing. Oh, this is very satisfying. Speaking of analysis, our next poem really caught me off guard, Krill. I was oh, yes. not Agreed. expecting to find this. So no, typically it's very topical. To take you, it's unreal. <laughs> right. To take you inside the podcast a little bit. Typically what I'll just start doing when I get an idea, um, like say say for the spring episode, I was like, okay. Um, poems about spring and I'll just Google that and I'll just kind of go where the internet web takes me. And if I don't find, you know, I'll usually find some, some stuff that is pretty well known that way, you know, some stuff that might be pretty good. And then I'll add bad in somewhere and that'll kind of take me down a road. And I've gotten, I've done it enough now where I know the sites I can look at for almost a guaranteed, a a good fishing hole. You just, Mm -hmm, you talk mm -hmm. about the name of the site or the description of it. So somewhere on like the third page of results, which <laughs> nobody ever goes to. Nobody ever clicks next on the page of results. Right. You don't get it on the first page, you change your search string. Except well, when you're on Pornhub, to, maybe. Maybe on without, Pornhub. Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. You roll on there. And so I don't even see the name of this poem. I see something <laughs> about um, about a, a internet mogul of a very popular social media app. And I'm like, well, what does this have to do with anything? And I'm kind of reading inside of it. And like in the little description that that shows up underneath the the link, I see poem like this can't be a poem about Facebook, can it? In my search (laughs) for clenched fist, how does this wind up here? And then it says, my data. I'm like, well, that speaks to me because in my real Mm -hmm, life, that's mm -hmm. what I do. I visualize data. I'm like, what is this? And what came out of it was a thing that I sadly don't think is going to take a lot of analysis. No. Because it is right up front for everybody. This poem by, don't call him Richard, Rich Smith, called My Data Myself. Creel, take it away. My Data Myself by Rich Smith. You want my data, but you can't have my data, Marcus Zuckerberg, toddler-faced tyrant of the digital wastes, chief wardens of the faceplate. My data belongs to no man, no advertiser, no sham Latinate digital operations company with an evil Eatonite and Steve Bannon for a manager. No staffer can steal my data and use it to win the presidency. My data hates presidents. It loathes theft. And it has taken a vow of celibacy. My data is bold. My data is beautiful. I rub my data with ointments and oils. Okay. <laughs> lotions and lards. My data rises up with great skin and a clenched fist, saying... I belong to the poet Rich Smith. I am his relationship status. I am his Spotify playlists. I am his likes, his sex, and the results of his personality tests. My data won't be harvested or marketed, targeted or retargeted. My data is unbreachable, unteachable, undeletable but most of all my data is free 
Well done, Creel. Well done. Wow. First and foremost, this poem does a thing that I like right off the bat, which is use someone's whole name against them. Is is Mark Zuckerberg's real first name Marcus? I don't think it is. Oh, I don't think okay. it is, Creel. He doesn't look like a Marcus to me. He but doesn't. Rich certainly thought he was. <laughs> uh, and I like it when uh, it, it is it is the best insult to a step parent when, <laughs> when you just tell them when you use their name like it's some sort of slur. Okay, Alan. Okay, Whatever. Steve, I'll clean my room. <laughs> sure thing, Beth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's bad to be named that. So right off the bat, Rich won some points with me. Then he went down a hole. Um, I don't like any time I have to look up words. I don't oh, like I had to that. Look up, I looked up two words, and I think they're probably the same did words you, you get a, up. Did you get a result on Eat I Night? I did not. I looked me up neither. Latinate. The, the, line, the lines are back to back. It says, my data belongs to no man, no advertiser. No sham Latinate digital operations company. This makes no sense to me because I looked up Latinate and it just means relating to the Latin language. Yeah, like so, I can't think of like I don't know if he's still talking about Zuckerberg here or he's moved on to another uh, another company. I can't think of a famous internet company with a Latin name, and I'm, I might be glossing over one. I don't. Me too. But Google's not a Latin word, right? I think that's. Great. I don't think so. All I know, all I know, is like Carpe Diem, but that's not a company. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Maybe I'm. Maybe we're both just missing. You know, the just most obvious one. Glossing I don't over know. the most obvious one, but I. And it certainly doesn't offend me enough to to reckon, to have one loaded in the chamber to be mad at. And, and Eat Night, I have no clue. Eat Night. No, I googled that, and the thing that came up was E T Tonight, like Entertainment Tonight. <laughs> Because it's spelled E T O N I T E, like Entertainment Tonight, which is crazy. He's fucking furious with John Tesh. He yeah, is John just Tesh, added the lady with the legs, whatever her with name Mary is. Mary Hart. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which is weird. Well, first of all, I, let me say I do like the poem. It actually goes places that are interesting and unique uh, because. This privacy issue is has been big. It's big news. I mean, for you to find this and for it to have the word clenched in it is just unreal. Know, for it to right? be this topical, not only to what's <laughs> happening every day with you know Zuckerberg testifying before Congress and all these inquiries, but then for it to to touch on like all these interesting concepts. Other than this stanza, which is definitely troublesome, I liked it a lot. Two and three. Stand second and third stanzas give I don't because I understand what he said. No staffer can steal my data, which is a lie. They can, they can <laughs> um, and they did, uh, and did use it to win the presidency. Um, your data hates presidents. That's an opinion held by your data, so I can't say that's wrong. Loves theft, cool. Um, I don't know how his data taking a vow of celibacy fits into <laughs> with that. The yeah. what, he, what he set up. I mean, a vow of celibacy just means that it's. It stays well. Maybe it makes sense because celibacy is like you stay within yourself and you don't explore other options. So he's just trying to say his data is him. It's inside him, and he doesn't want it going anywhere else. So I think it sort of it sort of works like that. It's not could great. He possibly be trying to say since he's talking about the data being used for ill-begotten purposes. Sure. Could he be saying my data don't fuck nobody? <laughs> Well, I think I think that that's true because 
the title of the poem is called My Dad and Myself, which when I read it reminded me of My Body, My Choice. <laughs> yeah. I, I think yes. I think this is all about the individual and the individual sort of own sort of ownership of yourself. And I think he's making the an analogy here to uh, women's issues and women's choices. I think he's saying that the data is his, much like a woman might say, you know, the life that's inside of me is is me. It's mine. It, it it's is. not it's yours. Mine. It's not for the My state choice. to have. It's definitely right. not it's, for Zuckerberg to have. And it's damn sure not for Freddy Krueger to get his gloved mitts on. No, definitely not. Definitely and not. And then we get very sensual with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this gets crazy. Dad is bold and beautiful, cool. I get it. Rub my data with ointments, ointments and oils, lotions and lards. Man, lards you are going to have crazy a thing. You're going to have a soft, uh, just a a delightful to the touch piece of data there. Well, I think what happens is when you do that, someone's going to like walk in, walk in your uh, bedroom or workplace or car, and be like. <laughs> Is somebody cooking bacon in here? Somebody what cooking bacon? No, I'm cooking data, and it's <laughs> mine. Just, now, but then, but Krill, I mean, like, I know that, I know that we, you and I especially, have a tendency to find sexual um, illusions in places where they might not be, like a poem about baseball. Um, but there's no getting around. My data rises up. After we've yeah. spent the last two sentences talking about stroking your data. Yeah. My data rises up with great skin. Clearly, this data is uncut. And a clenched <laughs> fist. And the data then says, I belong to the poet Rich Smith. I am his relationship status. I am his Spotify playlist. I am his likes, his sex, and the results of his personality test. Is so it, clearly, he's taking a clear stand that the data is... He's celibate with the data. He's not sharing it with anyone else. Mm -mm. It's mm -mm. beautiful to him. He's rubbing it. No one else is. And it rises up to great, great prominence here. Just fucking turgid, moist data. Which is just. Which maybe I think. Maybe this isn't sort of a poem about women and women's issues because this is very. Uh, male centric here the imagery of course so yeah. i think it sort of turns on itself here because maybe i'm thinking now that maybe this is about a obviously it's about a guy who can't handle relationships much less sharing anything with anybody else much his data his you know his genitals uh i think this is the whoever wrote this poem rich he has yes. issues he does. He has commitment and I think, issues. I think he just got broke up with on Facebook, too. <laughs> or I, I, he just saw his ex on Facebook with her new boyfriend. I think what Rich does is, uh, you know, when you sign up for something, there's like the, the boilerplate license agreement you have to click through. Mm -hmm. I think Rich mm -hmm. is the sort of guy that gets to the end. He reads it all. He gets to the end. He clicks deny. Nope. Like, no, I deny. don't approve. God damn it, Rich. I hate you. I hate Rich. I hate Rich, and I know that's Sean's gnome de plume. <laughs> it is at this point. I do miss Sean for this, because I would definitely like to ask him, how many iterations of those individual internet activities do you think Rich went through before he landed on relationship status, Spotify playlist, like sexed, 
and personality test. Yeah, there there is a litany. He could have done Instagram. He could have done snaps. He could have done uh, Amazon reviews. He could have just gone through the litany of MySpace, Friendster, mm-hmm. Napster, all that stuff. You know who I it, would really like to hear? What I would really like is in that section for whoever the author of Retail was to oh, just yeah. write that stanza. <laughs> They just keep keep naming things. Give, give me the also, whole litany of everything. I forgot to mention in the first stanza, he does the, a thing that I hate, which is obviously state the wrong name for Facebook when he clearly knows what it is by calling it Face Place. Yeah, just just lay it out there, man. Don't dance around it. He, he talks about Spotify later. He doesn't call it Spot <laughs> right. Music or whatever. It's no, silly. Uh, my, my spot tunes. Yeah. My, <laughs> yeah. And he actually puts sext. S-E-X-T-S. Which is infuriating. Oh, why is that infuriating to you? I don't know. Just something about it makes me mad, oh. Krill. I, I, I've, I've turned on Rich is what's happened. <laughs> me too. Because I thought this was a sort of progressive sort of stance. But I think this is very regressive uh, for everyone involved. What um, what really broke me is when you made the perfect you you summed him up perfectly. He is the kind of son of a bitch that reads the entire user agreement and yeah. then just in with indignance no he clicks the mouse to say no thank you Marcus. I fucking yeah. hate this guy. <laughs> I bet you he's really so big much. into like Big Brother and Anne Rand oh, yeah. and oh, all that stuff. Oh God, deep state. Oh, all that stuff. Atlas shrugged Rich Smith. Mm-hmm. I hate him. I mm-hmm. hate him. He's the kind of dude that, that says he's a libertarian but votes with one party or the other. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I don't like any, none of the above. Wink, wink. Yeah. And then he, he wink, votes for wink. somebody anyway. <laughs> so, in summation, Judge Creel, what do you think in general about our collection of clenched fist poetry? Well... I, I alluded to this earlier. I think just clinching yourself is not good. It means you're uptight. It means you're carrying around too much baggage. You've got to give me the other side of the coin, man. You gotta open up that Oreo cookie. You can't just be the chocolate. You gotta have that vanilla in there. You gotta have the yin and the yang, man. And none of these poems were able to give me the the opposite. They didn't give me the release, baby. Got and I need release, that baby. release. We got uh, to have that release. So these poems, they need work. The first poem, uh, I, we've we've all seen the movie Up. You got to give me the the second and third acts where you know the house goes up in the air, the little kid gets involved, <laughs> and they got to find the the bird and then save the day. The second poem, again, we we just woke up from this nightmare. You got to give me the second and third act, like the second act you're trying to convince everyone of what's happened, and the third act like you save the day. And yeah, this I got to get a team of dream warriors together to try to yes, fight Freddy Krueger. Exactly, have- exactly. Lead me down that path. Uh, and this third one, I don't know what you can do to a, for this rich guy other than get him to agree to those boilerplate contracts. Sign up for <laughs> iTunes. Sign up to for the IRS.gov to submit e-file. You know, you you got to commit to something, man. We're living in a digital world. You've got to release this pent up frustration, Rich. It'll be better for you. So that that's just we did it. it. Just we needed that other flip of that side of the coin and all three of these poems and they would be masterpieces. 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 And this has been a masterpiece of a damn podcast. The M&Ms have really brought it to you today. Sean Majors, you have got your work cut out for you, son, because we have bonded. We will mm-hmm. not be broken down Mm-mm. and you will not 
replace us. And you just will, so not will not us. replace us. Mm-hmm. You will not, will not replace, replace us. us. But I do want to let everybody out there listening know my data is far from celibate. <laughs> it is lubed up and ready. Mm-hmm. And it's certainly ready to join you next week on Cold Dog. Ain't no money in poetry. That's what sets a poet free. I've had all the freedom I can stand. You got your cold dog soup and rainbow pie. All it takes to get me by. Fool my belly till the day I die. Cold dog soup and rainbow pie.